Well, good morning again. My name is Josh Rhodes, one of the pastors here at The Ridge, and it is so good to connect with each and every one of you. So thankful to be able to share in communion, even from home, and to reflect on what Christ has done for us. Um, I am uh, very excited uh, to be talking about this, this YOLO series and continuing this study through Proverbs. And a few years ago, I had a chance to go on a men's weekend retreat, just a time to grow and to connect and uh, just be refreshed with some other guys. And there's two memories I have from that particular retreat weekend. The first was from Friday night, and the second was from Saturday. And on Friday night, we had a campfire, which was just a ton of fun. And I noticed as one of the guys was fixing up his, his hot dog from the campfire, he began to put guacamole all over his hot dog. And I had never seen that before, and he talked me into it. I tried it, and I'm here to tell you today that if you haven't had a guac dog, highly recommend it, absolutely delicious. So if you have one more barbecue or cookout this weekend, throw some guacamole on that dog. The second memory I have from that weekend uh, was from Saturday night and all of us guys gathered in the living room for our evening meeting and we were surprised to find out that our wives had sent us a letter. And I remember all of us guys getting our letter and we opened them and just began to read um, very quietly. And at first it was very silent in the room, but after a few minutes, most of us became emotional and, uh, and a few of us, myself included, began to cry because through those letters, our wives had reminded us that they loved us and that they appreciated us and that they were proud of us and that they were willing to forgive us for all of the times that we fall short. And I think all of us would agree that our words are powerful. They're powerful, words that we speak, words that we write, words that we text, words that we post are powerful. And we could spend this message talking about words that can destroy and tear down and ruin a person. And I think right now that would be a very applicable message. But I wanna focus this message on words that bring life, words that build up. Because right now, with everything that's going on, I think people need to be encouraged and built back up. And I really do thank God for how he has designed us. He has created us with this ability and capacity to communicate our thoughts and our feelings towards one another. He's given each of us the ability to speak words to others that can bring life and love and blessing and truth and peace and healing. Now for some of you watching or listening to this, this comes very naturally and this is a strength for you and it's just part of who we are. I think today's message is gonna encourage you and help you but I am especially burdened for those of us who just struggle to speak maybe what we feel and getting those words out. Maybe you grew up in a home where you didn't hear the words, I love you or you didn't hear the words, I'm proud of you. 
Maybe you work hard at a job or for your family every day, giving your very best, and you never hear good job. You never hear thank you. Um, or maybe you just, um, you wanna share those words, but you're not sure if that person would speak them back. Whatever the reason is, I think we just kind of struggle in this area. But today, as we open up the Bible, which is God's life-giving words for us, I believe we're gonna be encouraged, I believe we're gonna be inspired and equipped to begin speaking life to everyone. Speaking life to every single person, to family, to friends, neighbors, coworkers, complete strangers, to speak life to everyone. Now, this challenge to speak life to everyone comes directly from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, which says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, Proverbs, as we're discovering through this YOLO series, You Only Live Life Once, is a collection of God-inspired wisdom that is applicable as much as it was when it was written as it is today. And I was challenged many years ago, I think maybe when I was a teenager, to read the proverb of the day. There's 31 proverbs, so you can read one each day. So today's July 6th, read, read Proverbs chapter six, or today's July 5th, so read Proverbs chapter five. Tomorrow, you can read number six and so on. But there's 31 proverbs, one for each day. It's a great practice. And as you read through Proverbs day after day, chapter after chapter, one of the things you'll notice is this emphasis on our words. I went back and looked through all of the chapters and nearly every single one specifically addresses our speech, our words, our lips, our tongues. Now why is so much attention given to our words? Well. We talk a lot, we speak and we write and we send emails and we text and we post, we speak a lot. In fact, there was a study done by the University of Arizona found that on average, women speak 16,215 words a day. And men actually speak 15,669 words Per day, And some of us, of course, speak way less. Some of us don't look around the room if you're with others, maybe speak a lot more. But the point is this, we all speak a lot, which is exactly why this proverb continues. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit will eat its fruit. That's not a phrase that we use, so what exactly does that mean? I appreciate these comments from a, a biblical scholar, Dr. Buzzle, who wrote a book on Proverbs. He writes this, one's words, the tongue, may bring death as well as life. A witness in a court, for example, can help determine by his words whether a defendant lives or dies. Those who love it, the tongue, refers to people who are talkative. They will suffer the consequences or eat the fruit 
of what they say. Now, the focus of today's message is on speaking life-giving words, but this Proverbs 18.21 reminds us that speaking life and speaking less go hand in hand. If we wanna speak life, then we've gotta learn to speak less. So today, we're gonna look at some Proverbs about speaking less, and then we're gonna look at some Proverbs about speaking life, words that build up, and then we're gonna get really, really practical with some ways that we can begin to speak life to every person around us. All right, so let's start with some Proverbs on speaking less. I love this one, Proverbs ten nineteen. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is wise. And you're gonna notice a lot of similarities as we read through this handful of Proverbs. Controls his lips is wise. Proverbs 17. The intelligent person restrains his words. And the one who keeps a, keeps a cool head is a man of understanding. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. And then Proverbs 21, 23, the one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And I love that one. I saw a post, I think it was yesterday, and it was so good, and it speaks to this. It said, think once before you act, think twice before you speak, think three times before you post. And I think a lot of us are feeling that way. Just stay off of social media right now. There's a lot of helpful things we can post with what's going on in the world, but maybe we need to pull it back. And then one other one on this theme of speaking less, it actually comes from James, which is sometimes referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament, a short book that is chock full of practical wisdom. And Pastor Tim shared this verse with us when we talked about anger a few weeks ago. It says, my dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And as we look at these four verses uh, together, we see that if you want to be wise, we will speak less. We'll control our tongue. We'll give careful thought to what we're about to speak, write, text, or post because words are powerful. But we'll also speak life. We'll speak less but we won't just remain quiet, we will speak life. We will use our words to build each other up. So let's go back to that Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. This has been one of my favorite Proverbs for many years, one that my kids will tell you we talk about probably almost every day. And now that it's summer, there's, there's two quick examples I'll, I'll give you that, that have helped me remember how powerful our words are. You think about water. I think we could say that life and death are in the power of water. Whether it be a backyard swimming pool or a lake, 
There's so much life to be had in the water, right? Swimming and fishing and boating, it's so much fun. But there can also be death in the water. Drowning takes far too many lives. Another example would be fire. Life and death are in the power of fire. I recently built a backyard uh, campfire ring out of some stones around our property. And about once a week, we'll have a campfire out back. Absolutely love it. Great place to have a guac dog. But you can have s'mores, you can share stories, just enjoy the cool of a summer night. There's so much life. But that same fire, if a child were to fall into that fire, or if you reached in, or if it got out of hand, it can bring death. Our words work in the same way. They can bring life, but they can also bring death. Now, another proverb, 2511, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples on a silver tray. Now, I personally don't own a golden apple or a silver tray, but if I did, that would be awesome. And I'm sure I would proudly display my golden apple. But what this proverb is teaching is that our words have tremendous value. I don't know what a gold apple or silver tray would be valued at, but I know they're very valuable. And what this is saying is that our words are free for us to speak. It costs us nothing to speak a life-giving word, but they are priceless to the person who receives them. Another proverb, 1624, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. I love just the visual of that. They are sweet to the taste and health to the body. Another quote from Dr. Buzzle, pleasant words are as sweet and therefore as desirable as honey from a honeycomb. Appropriately spoken words that encourage, soothe, commend can be most pleasant and even uplifting to the point of helping a person feel better physically. A wise person will speak less. They'll control what they say, but they will also speak life. They will build others up. So let's get real practical. How do we do this? How do we begin to speak life to others? What do we say? I wanna give you a few different categories of words. And I know there's probably some more, but these have been ones that have really been helpful to me. The first are words of love. Words that express our thoughts and our feelings to the people around us. Two of my favorite verses from Jesus are from John 13. It says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. That's what it's all about. In our home, we say love's the most important thing. That's our hope and prayer as a church is that we would grow in our love for God and our love for others. And when we grow in our love, our heart will expand. Our heart will be filled with good things. Our heart will be filled with good fruit. And that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. He said, for the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. 
Whatever you have stored up in here will come out of your mouth. They are connected. So if we have this love in our heart for others, a respect and an appreciation for the people in our life, we wanna speak it. We don't wanna hold those words back. And of course, a place to start would be by saying, I love you. Three of the most powerful words, I love you. And every time I hear I love you, I think about a, a story, and it, it's real or it could be fiction, but it's a story that captures the importance of speaking those words. There was a couple who were married for 70 years, and the wife finally mustered up the courage, and she, she went to her husband and said, why don't you ever tell me you love me? And he was a bit taken back, and a little bit perplexed and he thought for a moment and then he responded and he said, honey, I said I loved you the day I married you. And I figured if anything changes, I'd let you know. And I think that's how we treat this, this I love you phrase, these words of affection. We, we feel it, we think it, but we don't actually speak it. We need to leave no room for doubt. If you're blessed to have your parents, step-parents, grandparents, if you're blessed to have children, grandchildren, brothers, stepsister, aunts, uncles, dear friends, speak those words often. Leave no room for doubt. I know so many people who feel stuck in life because they never heard those words. Speak them often, speak them Daily. Now, there are some people in our life that it would be a little bit awkward or maybe strange to say, I love you. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna walk up to a neighbor and say, I love you. But there's other ways we can communicate that love and affection. For me, I'll say things like, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our friendship. Or I'll say, say things like, I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship, I appreciate our relationship. These are words that communicate how we feel. Let's leave no room for doubt. Let's speak these words. Now the next category would be words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. This particular phrase was made popular by Dr. Gary Chapman in his book, The Five Love Languages. Highly recommend it, helpful for all relationships. But what words of affirmation do is they help someone see and believe the truth about themselves. It helps them identify who they really are because most people in life are beat down. There's words of death that are spoken over them from the time they're a child all the way until they're an adult. They've heard things like, you're worthless, you're not good enough. You're stupid, you're ugly, you're weird, you're, you're a terrible father. You can't do it. So we need to speak words of life to build people back up. These words that affirm the truth. And here's the truth. According to Genesis 1.27, every person you ever lay eyes on was created in the image of God, which gives them eternal value and eternal worth. You'll never see another person who was not made in the image of God and has equal value to you. 
We also know from Psalm 139, 13 and 14 that every single person who has ever lived and whoever will live has been fearfully and wonderfully and beautifully made by God. He makes no accidents. We need to identify the gifts and abilities and qualities and physical characteristics of others and speak the truth. So a great place to start is to say things like, I'm proud of you. This goes hand in hand with I love you, especially for children. They need to hear those words, I'm proud of you. We can also say, great job, good job, way to go. We can also say, I see this in you. I see this quality, I see this characteristic. And we can also say, you are and you fill in the blank. You are and you fill in the blank. This one is huge. Most of the death words that have been spoken over us began this way. You are worthless. You are ugly. You are not enough. We can redeem that phrase. And I use this over and over and over again in my relationships. I'm blessed with a daughter and three sons, all under 10. And every night, most nights since they've been alive, I'll ask them, do you want five things? Do you wanna hear five things? And they always say, yes, daddy. And it'll be things like, you are a gift from God. You are so important to me. You are such an important part of our family. You are smart, you are beautiful, you are handsome, you are funny, you are strong, you are fast, you are sweet, you are helpful, the list goes on. All you gotta do is fill in the blank. With spouses, with my wife Hillary, you are beautiful, you are amazing, you are a gift to me. You are such a hard worker. You are an incredible mom. You are a great wife. You are an amazing friend. With coworkers, the folks that I work with here at the church, you are a great teammate. You are an important part of what God's doing here. You are gifted. You can use that simple phrase with one word or a phrase and bring so much life. You are Next would be words of gratitude. Words of gratitude. When someone does something for us, big or small, we identify it, we recognize it, we give the full weight and value of what they did. And in our home, we say the opposite of appreciation is to take someone for granted is to take someone for granted. And having a heart of thanks is actually a sign that you are growing in your relationship with Christ. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing, overflowing with gratitude. As your roots go down deep in Christ, you will overflow with gratitude. So, of course, a great place to start is by saying thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We could say thank you a hundred times a day if we would be looking for it. Family, friends, the grocery store, thank you, thank you, thank you. I remember a time where someone bought us a gift. And maybe you can relate to this. They bought us a gift, right? So we sent them a thank you note to express our appreciation. Three days later, a thank you note came in the mail. Dear Josh and Hillary, Thank you so much for your thoughtful note. 
And I'm thinking, you're thanking me for a thank you note. I'm not sure where this is gonna end. If I write another note back, we could be doing this for the rest of our lives. But that person gets it. To express appreciation is an amazing thing. We can say things like, that was so thoughtful. I appreciate what you did for me. But having a heart of gratitude and using those words of appreciation will help others see that what they do for you, you really do appreciate. And finally, are words of healing. We speak words of love, words of affirmation, words of gratitude, and words of healing. And the reality is we're going to hurt each other. I'm going to hurt my wife, I'm going to hurt my children. Things that I say or do, intentional, unintentional, it's going to happen, we're broken, fallen people. But what do we do when that happens? Will we say I'm sorry? I think a lot of us struggle to say I love you. I think most of us struggle to say I'm sorry. That's because when we say those words, we're acknowledging and owning up to the fact that we've hurt someone, we've caused someone pain. And whether it was intentional or unintentional, when we hurt someone, we need to apologize. And that's when the healing process can begin. Ephesians 4, 29, 30 to 32 actually captures both our speech and this theme of, of healing. It says, no foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building someone up in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. All bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. The healing process begins when we acknowledge what we did to hurt someone. And it begins by saying, I am sorry. I'm sorry. And if you've had someone come to you and speak those words, you know how much life is to be found in saying, I'm sorry. You can say I was wrong. You could say what I did was not right. But when we apologize with a spirit of brokenness and humility, the healing process can begin. Now I'd love for you to take a look at really the summary of what we're talking about today. Words of love, I love you, words of affirmation, you are, words of gratitude and words of healing. And I wanna challenge you this week to pick just one of these categories and to speak those words of life or to write those words of life or to text those words of life. Who in your life needs to hear, I love you? I love you, don't wait to say it. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, speak it today. Write it today, text it today. I love you. This is how I feel about you. Words of affirmation. Who needs to hear truth from you? Who needs to hear that truth? Speak it. You are and fill in the blank. Appreciation. Who has done something for you recently, big or small, that you need to say thank you for? I appreciate what you did. That meant so much to me. And then finally, healing. I'd love for us to consider someone that we have hurt, whether it was 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, that we would humble ourselves in a spirit of humility and brokenness and go to that person and say, I'm sorry. What I did was wrong. That wasn't right. 
Will you forgive me? Now, when I think about this theme of words, when I think about these life-giving words, I think about my parents. Uh, I am very blessed that from the time I was a little boy until today, that they have spoken words of life over me. I love you, I'm proud of you. You're a great dad, you're a great son, you can do it. I would not be who I am or where I am without their words of life. And mom and dad, I give you honor. I thank you for the words that you've spoken over me. It has meant so much. Thank you for modeling that to me. But I also know that many of you have not had that experience. You didn't hear those words. And and I'll close with this. I remember being a part of a men's group and we were talking about fathers. We were talking about kind of what it, what it means to be a great dad and, and what are some of the things that we need to watch out for. And I remember one of the guys spoke up and he said, I never heard my dad say I love you. I never heard my dad say I'm proud of you. I never heard my dad say good job. And now my dad's gone and I'm never gonna hear those words. And he was crying and it was heavy and everybody else just sort of listened and watched as he was opening up to us. And I'll never forget, one of the guys stood up and he walked over and he sat down beside that guy and he looked him in the eyes and he said, I'm sorry that you didn't hear those words from your father, but I love you and I'm proud of you, and I'm grateful to be your friend. And in that moment, that man came to life. A part of him that was dead was brought back to life. That affirmation, that love, those words that he had been missing were spoken over him, and it brought him to life. Here's the thing. God has hardwired us, he has equipped us, he has given us the ability to speak words of life. And there are people around us who are hurting, who are tired, who are broken, who've not heard those words, and you could be the one to bring them back to life. Whether it be a family member, whether it be a neighbor, a coworker, or even a complete stranger, your words of love, your words of affirmation, your words of gratitude, your words of healing can literally bring someone back to life. May we speak words of life to everyone every day that we encounter. I wanna take a moment and pray that God would help us do this this week. God, we come to you And we recognize that this is hard. God, that maybe we didn't hear those words or maybe maybe we're not sure what someone would say in return, but God, I pray that you would fill us with this desire to speak words of life. God, that we would look for opportunities all around us to speak truth, to speak love, to speak healing into every relationship. We pray that you would help us live this out even today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.